Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and today my guest is writer-director Thomas Maziotti, and we're going to be talking about his brand-new film called The Mimic. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Thanks very much, Jen, for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. This movie, I... It, it has, for me, I felt there were so many different levels to this movie and so many different ways that you can interpret it, interpret this film. And that's what I like about a movie. At the end, you kind of go, okay, let me think about that a little further, a little deeper. Um, so this, so our, our, our listeners know what we're talking about. Do you want to give a little synopsis of what the mimic is all about? Uh, the, the the film is about a, a screenwriter that uh, runs into runs into this uh, unusual um, character in the local town newspaper, who uh, may or may not be a sociopath, and he's intrigued enough to follow it out to see where it takes him. So that's basically what it's about. <laughs> and it's a lot more than that, but that's a good start. <laughs> okay. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Now you wrote this and you say it's based on a true story. So uh, talk a little bit about that. What did inspire you to write this and what is it based on in your own life? Uh, well, I did run into uh, this rather unusual person about uh, five years ago. And uh, I, uh, I, uh, you know, when you, you don't know, Jen, what's happening while it's happening. It has to end for you to realize what happened. And the ending came for me in the first five minutes of the movie, which is verbatim the truth. So when that happened, I knew it was time to to move on, if that answers your question. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're being very opaque. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, I this movie. Um, well, you're, you're, actually, it's the 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 tagline under it is the lighter side of being a sociopath. So, and and that is a big. Obviously, there's lots of discussions about sociopaths in this film, and and there's actually been a lot of discussion about sociopaths and and uh, and, and a lot of people's conversation over the last uh, four years or so as we've seen some of that acted out on the uh, public stage, but. Um, what was it about the person that you met or it, that triggered you to look into someone who might be a sociopath? Uh, well, some of them, there's a mirroring aspect uh, to it, which I've never seen um, in film, which is which is in this movie where they uh, they, they copy uh, what you do. And they they in, even using the same uh, words. That you're using. I'm, I'm, I remember very specifically, I was in this Italian restaurant and I said to him, this is some of the best uh, Italian food I've ever had in the East Coast. What do you think? He says, I think this is some of the best Italian food I've ever had in the East Coast. So it's exactly, <laughs> I mean, it, it, and he says it so fast, it doesn't register. And then you realize later on what's happening. So that's that's a mirroring part of this is 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 is, a, is fascinating. It hasn't been done before. No, and it, it is fascinating. I 
there was a number of things for me. I mean, and we'll get into a lot of a lot of them. But um, I, but I love just before I get into a lot of that, I love the dialogue because it was very. Uh, it reminded me of His Girl Friday. You know those kinds of movies from the 1940s where the oh, you know the the uh, it, you know the dialogue is crisp and fast and snappy and um, and that's what was in this movie, which you don't see very often. You you just don't see it. So how, what made you decide to write in that? kind of manner in that kind of it really is a 30s 40s style well because i i i don't think people change jan they just talk faster so you know the the you know, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the same it's the same for me it's uh you, you summarize quicker and and uh and and you say exactly what you think and you know, no, no moving around. So, yeah, thank you for saying about the 30s and 40s, because that those pictures still stand up today, I, I think. A lot. Oh, oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many times I mean, you can see my His Girl Friday over and over again and pick up something new and new, uh, a new nuance or something. And in, in the way that the, the lines are delivered between Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell, it's just a, you know, it's yeah. a true classic. Um, right. So, yeah. And that's what that's reminded me of. But two men doing, you know, having sharing that kind of uh dialogue so let me just for me this was like a theater of the absurd a, a, a waiting for godot kind of mm-hmm. film an absurd absurdist kind did, did you have that in mind when you were writing it or is, is that just my again everybody that's what i like about this movie because everybody who watches it can interpret it and i have other interpretations of it too because it's one of those movies that is said you really think about you you have to think yeah. about it it's it, but it's enjoyable but go on did was that something that you were looking for when you were writing it well, it's, you know, it all, in the last 15 minutes, it really all, it comes together. And you realize after you're intrigued of where this is going, why you, why, what it's all about. You know what I mean? So, so it's really just, it's written in episodic format. So the, the whole idea is to pull you in. So you're so intrigued that you, you can't wait to see how it ends. So that was really my, my, um, my onus in doing this because when it was happening that was how i felt uh that restaurant scene for example when that conversation was happening in real life i looked around jan and people were staring at us now we're talking about it so i figured if they're staring at us when it happened in real life they'll stare at it on the on the screen mm-hmm. you know, so and that restaurant scene is one of the memorable one of the many memorable scenes in that film you've got a great cast you know thomas sadowski um who I think is is a wonderful actor that you don't see as much as you might like to see him, and I wish we see more of him. And Jake Robinson, I had not seen him in anything that I was familiar with, and he's just wonderful. So talk a little bit about the casting and how you cast. Because you have a great cast. He's got Austin Pendleton, Gina Gershwin, Mary Lou Henner, Tammy Blanchard. Yeah. Got, I mean, it goes on, and Emmett Walsh um, and Jessica yeah. Walter. And I do want to talk about M- Emmett Walsh in that to that scene. But go, how did you cast? this film and attract thomas and jake to this project uh, the uh well they're all the entire cast has heavy theater backgrounds everyone mm-hmm. in, in the film so they are very used to to dialogue and i can shoot longer take because of that and they get very comfortable because i don't have to keep changing the, the camera and the lighting so that was the one of the main main attractions to them was was, was the kind of dialogue it was because like you said earlier you don't get a chance to do this this kind of thing um, very often. Uh, Jake Robinson, 
Uh, this never happened. With, by the way, Austin Pendleton, I worked before, uh, 20 years earlier uh, on another film I did. So I knew him. And uh, Jake Robinson came into, uh, and this never happened before, uh, a very early reading. Uh, he, was the, he, he was the first person I ever read for it. And I never saw anybody else. I knew what I wanted, and that was him. So that was the uh, was very unusual. That's exactly yeah. how he got in. He's absolutely adorable. I mean, just adorable. And I look forward to seeing him in other things. So I just really enjoyed watching him. And Thomas um, has Thomas Sadowski has a has a has a very strong theater background. He's been he's done a lot of theater, so that came through on this also. Uh, in, in the way again, that dialogue as you're talking about that, you know, you have to have actors who are really comfortable with that much dialogue anymore. Uh, going back and right. forth, that scene with Emmett M Emmett Walsh. And is it Doug Plout? Is that who else was in it? Yes. yes. Okay. So that, talk a little bit about that. Because I, I I enjoyed that. Because all of a sudden, then it's, in my mind, the movie switched a little bit differently for me. So talk a bit about that and why you put that in there and what the scene is so our listeners know what we're talking about. Oh, it's about the, you actually see the writer director of the movie in the middle of the movie talking about what you're seeing. And the reason that was done was because I don't like exposition. I don't like to write exposition. So I put all the exposition in one scene. And the there are things said in that scene that nobody in the film could say except the people that made the movie. So that's why that scene. I thought it was fascinating. You're very different. Yeah. <laughs> to put that there, in there. Yeah, because uh, Doug says things about his wife that no one would know. You know, character would know. So that was very important of why he stays with her and she stays with him. So it's important. It was a bit, it is important. So for me, again, other levels. So I looked at this film as it could be on different levels, reality versus illusion, because you, you wonder, did he, and because of that scene also, you begin to wonder, was the screenwriter creating this in his mind because he was going through the grief of the loss of his wife? So was this real? Was this person? and real the person that he sees is mimicking him um and was he creating this all in his mind so that was one of my uh my thoughts is that something is that something that you were thinking about or is that just an interpretation that i came up with well i've heard that often but as it goes on you realize it's two different people but initially some people think that but as it becomes apparent it's it's two entirely different people as as as, as you're watching it but it's i never thought of that when i wrote it but it's that's a fascinating uh way to read into it oh good <laughs> yeah. as i said you can you can look as i said i thought well maybe this is you know an, an illusion maybe he's just created this person in his mind but uh well it's 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 fun movie how did you attract i mean you know you had as i said this great cast so um how did you attract tammy blanchard and jessica walter and you know gina gershwin to the, mary lou henner you've got such a great cast how did you attract them to this project well well actually some of them had lived in this area where i live and where i shot so they knew of the the uh, of the area so when they were reading it they had a visual which was really something because i didn't know they they lived here like Dee khan lived four houses away and i did not meet her till i was on the set with her oh that's so it was, wild that's wild yeah really something. yeah <sighs> That is wild. So how long did it take you to write this? About a year and a half. Oh, not very long. And then how long did you actually get it produced? 
uh, about uh, we we shot in 2017. So uh, obviously, because of the pandemic, there was a delay, and also right. this kind of mo- movie takes much longer to edit than most movies because it's it's so uh, precise. So that 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 took some time. So all in all, three years from start to finish. Well, that's not too bad. I mean, so many independent yeah. films take years and years and years so to get them get them going. So as a this is the first time you've written uh, a script. Is that correct? Uh, I've, I've Original a, screenplay. Uh, yeah, I've done two other uh, uh, movies before this in the 90s, uh, and um, they were, uh, so this is actually, but this is my first original. They were based on short stories, so that's right. And that's when you worked with Austin Pendleton before? Um, yes, and Charlie Hobart uh, in the 90s, and I, it's 20 years later, uh, he just he, he just walked in, and, and, he, and he just, like, like I just saw him yesterday, he's just that I, I, type of person. You know? Yeah, he's wonderful. He's absolutely wonderful. So where did you shoot this film? You talked about where you you shot it, where you live. Where did you shoot it? Oh, it's a it's it's about 10 miles up uh, above Manhattan, right out around the Hudson River. And it's this very secluded uh, uh, private area. And uh, I, 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 it was much easier for me because you can get to every place with everything's about a mile away, Jan. So you're just not a you're not transporting people for a long time and we, we can get there and spend more time once we're there and not worry about um, coming back and a long drive back. So it, it, that was, it was very important. I, I got to shoot uh, where it actually uh, uh, occurred. Now, does the person who inspired this, are you still in contact with that person? Does he, is he aware of this film? No, I have not talked to him in years. I avoid the post office like the plague. All right, that's the, uh, <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only that's the only prerequisite. I, I don't I don't go to the post office, but uh, I, I have no idea. But it's very complimentary, especially at the end where he helps him. You know what I mean? And that's entirely that is entirely from my imagination. That that is my projection uh, because if that really happened in real life, there there there'd be no film you know what i mean so that that was my projection <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely what did you learn i mean how did you go what did you learn about sociopaths when you were doing this film i'm mean, obviously you did a lot of research on it so what what just some maybe some people aren't aware what a sociopath is so maybe we should describe what a sociopath is well, it's 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 usually a person that has has no empathy in 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 in, in one sense. That's really the, that's the main thing that you, you always hear about that they they don't seem to have a conscience. Uh, they don't know right from wrong, and uh, and they're very uh, steady. They they're not, they don't go with high emotions. It's it's just very all handled very matter of fact, uh, and they turn situations on you. For example, that Austin Pendleton scene when he's in the truck. See how he dismantles. This is a guy that's following um, our main characters a little too close in his car. And just because he was tailgating, the, the, the uh, Jake Robinson character gets out and dismantles him about having a bad marriage. And that's why you drive too, too close and you should think about your life. And yay, that's what sociopaths do. They dismantle you in a very calm way. So that, that's, that seems a, a classic example of that. It is interesting. Uh, let's talk about the restaurant scene because I do love that. That was really uh, 
well, it was a big portion of the film too, but the, um, of, of why was it in this book? Cause you, uh, there's a reference, uh, in the movie to a book. Is that a real book that you are all oh, that that was referencing? A, yeah, that's a, that was a national bestseller called the sociopath next door. And, uh, I can Google it, whether it's in there uh, and, uh, to doctor wrote it. She just wrote another one because it was very successful. And that quote I use is right on the cover of, of this bestseller she wrote. So it is one in 25 people. Uh, is a sociopath. So that that was the uh, that's why the whole restaurant scene they're counting the people of how many other people are there to see if they are one. So you know we I didn't do that in real life, but it was in my uh, that was, it was in my head. Well, it's very funny. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's a very funny scene. It really is. <laughs> so what did, so what else? Did, so did you because of having this person that you felt was a sociopath in your life, and obviously this spurred this on. But did you realize at the time that he was? What spurred you to go? try to do the research to find out that he was a sociopath uh, i would say the the uh well once the way the movie uh, opens which i don't want to ruin but the way that movie opens is happened in real life so when i saw that i said okay that's the opening because, so you can go through something but unless you see a clear way in uh, and a clear beginning to put it all together which i didn't have until that happened and thankfully my the dog is okay, but until that happened, uh, I didn't. I I didn't have a way in, and then it all it all solved. Uh, it all solved itself. Once you have a way in like that, it, and those characters are that clear, they take you where they want to go, Jan. So I hope that yeah. So again, um, did did you did was this writing this film cathartic for you in that sense? Uh, was this this person was out of your life when you decided when you started writing this? Is that right? Yes. Okay, so was it yeah. something that you felt cathartic, or did he, or did he just spark that creativity in you to decide to write about using him as a as a guide, maybe a muse? He, he was my foil. Yes, the foil is a good. Yeah. <laughs> the foil, okay. The foil is a good. A good yeah, that's, that's what that's what he was. But then I I and I, I made sure I put in in the, in the script for my own mental benefit, where the Sadowski character says, you know, I'm making you much more interesting than you really are. That's really <laughs> important for myself. <laughs> so, uh, because I did. So, uh, so, go ahead. I also wanted to quickly say there's the, uh, the, uh, there, the, um, the, when they have dinner later on in the film at the kid's house, that came from when I had dinner at, at this at the real person's house, and I've never been in a dinner where I was in and out in 45 minutes. And I was uh, across from the table where this person sat to the left and said nothing, and his wife stared at me and she said nothing. And it was very odd, to which I finally said to the wife, you know, you, you would be a great witness in court, to which she... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and he sort of giggled but i felt so trapped and that's how that scene came about where when you see what happens to him and and that's in that scene how he felt trapped that's how that's how it sparked oh uh, okay so you did live that so why is the wife his wife the i guess the the mimic's wife um why is she never really seen and and, and that's what you kind of go was she was she real was he really married did he really have a wife 
life? You know, why, why didn't, yeah. how did that come into play? Is it because this woman that you met really didn't say anything and she was sort of invisible? So you created this invisible character who's a main character. I mean, we don't see her, but she's talked a lot about film. Yeah, I, that, that's, that, that was part of it, uh, that she does exist. But, uh, I, you know, I didn't want, I wanted to leave that mystery because it's really immaterial what, what she looks like or doesn't. It's just that she's there. And that, and that mystery really works. Because so once you show, it's not mysterious anymore. So I, I just really wanted, I didn't think it was necessary. Uh, uh, and that's why I made that choice. Interesting. And, and it is. She is a mystery. And we do wonder, what, you know, was she, again, something that this person created? Or is she actually, did she actually exist in it? Well, it can't, go ahead. Go ahead. I remember when he says, you know, uh, how can any woman stay married to somebody like that? I mean, that's what Sadowski mm-hmm. says. So best not to show her, you know, this way it could be any woman, not a specific type of woman. You know what I mean? That was my, that was my understanding there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, so um, the tennis scene, which again is quite, that's where the dialogue really takes off in that scene. So how did that come about? What made you decide to uh, have them play tennis, the bantering back and forth over the, over the tennis net? Oh, because that it was, it was leading toward toward a catharsis there's your catharsis you know and and how you can make it really interesting at the same time and because of what they're doing you know it's going back and forth you know tennis is very symbolic you can read all sorts of things in 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 the tennis and in reality neither of them played tennis i made them look that good but neither of them Knew how to play tennis, which was uh, quite a challenge. Uh, but yes. uh, uh, you would know that when you when you see it. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, but uh, but you because I don't want to say too much. But you see how 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 Jake uh, talks to him based on a deep understanding that you would never think we'd have from the fact that he's a plumber, you know, and and is able to see things that that, uh, that Tom's character uh, didn't know he could see. In, in t- terms of having an original thought after watching a picture where he had no original thought. So that's, that's how that, that came about. And I can tell you in reality, I, I never, that tennis patch never did happen. Uh, but I remember when I was playing uh, uh, just a short game with him and the, the ball uh, was uh, when they get heavy, they don't bounce. So I, and this was the first I'm telling you this because this is the first idea I knew I was going to write the movie. And I said, okay, next time I'll, I'll just get some new balls. And he whipped out his phone and Jan was in 15 seconds. He says, just ordered 50 from Amazon. We'll, uh, we'll have them in, 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 we'll have them, you know, we'll have them tomorrow. No problem. No need for you to buy anything. It happened so quick that I went, wow. Wow. And, you know, wow. I mean, that was, you know, it was so submissive. It was, it was, it, I said, okay, there's something here. i continued to to play i felt myself doing things just to get material you know what i mean because that 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 whole sequence when he's following him in the truck this is uh in a sequence and you know where he's following him the in the the best in that whole little action scene i remembered i i i was a few minutes short in the script and i literally went outside to go to the store and I encountered him and that happened. And I went home and saying, Oh, I have my last five minutes. It was oh. that, it was that, it was that matter of fact, like it, it just happened. 
Wow, that's amazing. That is amazing <laughs> that you would, uh, would uh, yeah, that is amazing. Well, where can people see the mimic? We only have about a, you know, a few more minutes, uh, about 30 seconds or so. Oh, sure. It's on uh, iTunes, uh, on all the on-demand files. It's on all the big uh, uh, services across the country. It's in some theaters, if you're lucky enough to live in the area where you can go. But uh, if you check on your on-demand, yeah, you'll see. You can find it. Well, I, I do yeah. recommend it. It's a very, it's a very fascinating film. It's, it, Amazon it is. Prime. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Oh, good, 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 good. It's a, it's a, this is it. It's a smart film on, and it on, has many levels to it. And, uh, and it, it, again, it makes you think, and it's a great one to watch with somebody and have a discussion with ab- about it afterwards to see what everybody, how everybody else has viewed the film. So good luck with the film, Thomas. And I appreciate oh, you, you being on the show. Oh, thanks for taking the time, Jen. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. You can listen to The Jam Price Show whenever and wherever at thejampriceshow.com, where all my shows are archived, and also on the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube channel, anywhere where you listen to your podcast. You can also like us on Facebook and see what's coming up on the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Jam Price Show. Thank you for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. 